25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, that's right. You're just going to play a little football. That's one way to do it. Some people are smart. They make 28 on the ACT. The rest of us have to figure out how to block and tackle. <laughs> Welcome back. Farm Bureau Studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team. At Farm Bureau, local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Reminding you also that we stay connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, where they are customer-inspired. Hey to everybody on Facebook tuning in, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. And so if you'll have a comment question there, hit me up. I'll keep an eye on it. The text line is open to you, 885-ESPN, 885-3776. And unlike in our number one today on this Reaction Tuesday, we think we may have our phone line working. It's worth a shot. So give me a shout at 995-1059. That's the Divini Equipment phone. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., right here at home. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. Again, 995-1059. You call me on that number. We'll chat it up. Here on this Reaction Tuesday, State beat Louisiana. What did you think? Ole Miss got beat 15-10 to 10 in the blazing hot sun at Liberty Bowl Stadium by Memphis. What did you think of that? And Southern Miss took care of business against Alcorn State, put up 35, and it was all said and done. Jack Abraham threw it pretty well. Had one turnover in there, but, but really threw the ball well. They didn't necessarily run the ball all that well. Not sure they necessarily had to, though, because their defense – Pretty much shut down Alcorn in that ball game. Um, Jackson State had a ball game in their hands, and the mascot did something stupid. But still, it was pretty cool to get to to watch them. And you know, uh, again, I'll I'll say it: one of the classic logos and uniforms in all of college football. Yes, maybe it is the FCS, but it's the swag is Jackson State, and that blue helmet with the three stripes, but the two outside stripes are white on the helmet, and the middle stripe is red. And then that block, uh, blocked off JSU, you know, inside the dividers or whatever logo on the side of the helmet. It's just really cool. So it was neat to get to watch them on television. On Facebook, Junior says, Hail State. All right, so here we go. Uh, let me flip back over here. There was big news outside of the results in the games. Yesterday on Monday on Labor Day, there was big news. Uh, Joe Moorhead one of several coaches in the SEC who has Monday press conferences. Matt Luke had one at Ole Miss. Um, Tuesdays, I believe, is when – I was thinking is when Nick Saban talks, but it could have been yesterday regardless. It, it's not the point. We know that 
Joe Moorhead spoke to the media, took questions yesterday, and confirmed on Monday, yesterday on Labor Day, that Keaton Thompson is back with the team. He was, in fact, back at practice on Sunday. State's schedule is they play Saturday. They come back, they practice Sunday. They take Monday off, and they're back in the practice field on Tuesday. He was back at practice with the team on Sunday. He's back listed on the depth chart as a backup quarterback. What Joe Moorhead said is they met five to six teams throughout last week. Uh, sorry, five to six times throughout last week. Discussed his options. And apparently have decided the best thing for him is to come back. Now, what I've said is I, I can't imagine any scenario where that you live in a world where you would think that you can redshirt your backup quarterback. Um, but maybe you can. See, if Keaton were to redshirt this year somehow, some way, then he comes out of it with still two years remaining. If he's at State, he'd have two years to maybe be the starter. That's why I thought he was going to transfer in the, in, to begin with. So I really find it interesting. I mean, I'm as a State guy, I'm glad he's back. Everybody else is too. Because you're in such a different scenario now. If something were to happen to Tommy Stevens and he has to miss time. So um, such a different scenario. Yeah, I see it, Roger. Very cool. All right, let's try it here. On the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Bobby listening in Indianola. What's up, Bobby? What you say, Matt? How you doing, man? Hey, Bobby, I'm doing really well. We've got this massive delay between me and you, so I'm about to kick it back over to you right now. You you ask me a question or tell yeah, me what's on I, your mind, and then we'll we'll uh, hang up after that. But but give me what you got, Bobby. We'll wait on you. Matt, let me let me give my. I've been following football for forty plus years. I thought Mississippi State played very well, uh, except for that fourth quarter where they wore down. I think we have a much better team than people are giving us credit for. We're not going to win the SEC, but I'm telling you, we, we've got a, a very good football team. We will improve. Uh, defense will improve. Uh, may have to move some players around, get a little more depth. And, uh, and of course, we'll have uh, most of our players, at least for four games, and stuff to Coach Moorhead to pick those four games. But anyway, I thought it was an exciting game. I enjoyed watching the football game. The fourth quarter was real pleasant, but... I think the Bulldogs will be better now than than uh, some of the negative folks are are, are voicing. Um, Bobby, I appreciate your call very much. Good to hear your voice too. Say hey anytime, okay? Thank you. Um, Thanks, Matt. Yep, thank you. That's Bobby listening in in Indianola. I got my Bobby. If you look on Facebook, I'm streaming it live, and I got my uh, Indianola pecan house hat on. Got to meet the the Tims and the folks over there, and. Um, so I look forward to getting back over there at some point. Yeah, um, Bobby, listen. There was <laughs> there was majority positive in that game. Really, there was. I, you know, to someone who didn't see a single snap of the game and they walk up and look at the box score and they go, 38-28, oh, you know. Yeah, yes, okay, it's 10 points. It is what it is. 
But you're right. To those that that watch that game, State did a whole lot of good. Offensively, they were very good. What they had 300 yards of offense in the first half. Um, <clears throat> early fourth quarter, it's 35-14 was the score. But they didn't finish the game as strongly. I said, you know foot off the gas a little bit. I think that was part of it when it got to 35-14, but also part of it, I think, was um, you know, lack of depth in a couple of places and youth everywhere else. Um, in a few, Not everywhere else, but in a few places. I saw a lot of good. They were efficient on offense. You know, one of Louisiana's scores came on a ball that just happened to kick right back into the heel on the punt team and it gave it to them at the 15 and then those two late scores, you know, State couldn't quite get off the field, and they figured out a little, you know, sideline-to-sideline thing that was working. And their quarterback made some plays. He looked good to me. He was – I thought this year, Louisiana, their quarterback was much better and more dual threat and dimensional and everything than uh, the guy last year that you faced for them. I think they're a pretty good football team, veteran offensive line. And State pretty much dominated them for three quarters, and now they just got to figure out how to go out and win some and dominate some people for four quarters. So uh, I appreciate your thoughts. Uh, Junior on Facebook said, if not for a blind side of Tommy, yeah, he didn't see the corner blitz and a mistake on the punt, which I've mentioned, the score would have been about the same as last year. And it was, yeah, I mean, it, it was looking like last year's game outside of that turnover that led to those early points. And then the fourth quarter happened. But you got to play full four quarters. I think it's really more a credit to Louisiana than it is necessarily a knock against State. I think State's fine, to be honest with you. They still – have a little ways to go to figure out their complete identity on defense. Last year it was easy to know their identity on defense. It was simple. It's your defensive front. We're going to overwhelm people on the front end, and it just is what it is. We're going to coach around that. This year I think they still, you know, a couple of games to figure all that out with you know some new starters, and they had two freshman defensive tackles starting who are going to be very good and love it and crummity, but two guys playing in their first ever game in a Bulldog uniform, and they're starting – at one, the one technique, and the other one at the three technique, across from a couple of 24-year-old guys. So it was a learning experience for a lot of them, I think. And, and overall, it went pretty well. Created a bunch of turnovers and that kind of thing. I think they're going to be okay. Maybe not as good as last year, but they're going to be okay. And, and, yeah, the biggest challenge for them defensively is dealing with the depth stuff that certainly has a lot to do with those suspensions. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that Tommy Stevens, let's talk about Tommy Stevens, his first game. 20 of 30, what was it, 230, 240 yards, two touchdowns in the air, one running, did not throw a pick. On the one fumble, he's on the left hash, so he's close to the left sideline over there, and that's where they blitzed him off the corner. The cornerback blitzed to his left. Well, when he took the snap, they had a fake on to his right where he's going to fake a toss sweep to Colin Hill to his right. So his eyes are that way to his right. He fakes it. And when he looked up then to read the, the three verticals down the field, he just never got his head back around and saw the corner coming from the backside because he wasn't looking that way to begin with. The fake and everything took him the other way. So it caught him by surprise. He never saw it. They hit him. The ball comes out. So that was really the one blemish on his game. But overall, I just thought the RPO stuff, you know, he had a, he had two different times where they got first downs by getting completions off RPOs to a tight end on the sideline. Make them defend that. Great. 
They had to f- defend the levels stuff out on the sideline where you'd have a deep, an intermediate, and then an underneath all on one side or the other. He completed a bunch of that stuff. And I just thought it was accurate with the football. Maybe, what, he had one time where he and Stephen Gidry weren't on the same page. He was running a different route than what Tommy was looking for. And then you had the one overthrow on the deep post to Osiris Mitchell that if he hits him, it's a touchdown, but he overthrew it. Other than that, he was really, really efficient with the football all day. Uh, no drops by wide receivers. Only drop for them was a, a running back who dropped a ball. Uh, Pat on the text line says, a lot of people are making comparisons with Nick Fitzgerald and Tommy Stevens on this game from last year because numbers are almost identical. I can tell you Stevens made it look a whole lot easier and smoother in the pass game, whereas Nick fought through those passes, excited about the offense. Yeah, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, all that matters is the scoreboard. But completions, just because you see a completion – does not mean they're the same. What a coach wants to see is clean plays, where the way I call it, when the ball should come out, the ball comes out, it's accurate, we go run the next play. You may see a 12-yard completion on one guy, and he ran the play on time, which means he's in control of what they're doing. He's in command of the offense. And then another guy, you may see there's a broken play or a scramble to the sideline, and then I throw it back in the middle and make this play, and this guy catches it makes 12 yards. Well, it's still a 12-yard completion, but the play didn't really come off without a hitch. And so it's not always apples and oranges when you compare stats from quarterbacks uh, against teams. The other thing that's not apples and oranges, um, Louisiana's a better team this year than they were last year. Last year you played them at home. This year you're playing them on the road. Last year you had two games of film on that opponent before you played them. This year you had none. The first game from a scouting standpoint is much different. If you look, every year in college football, teams are more vanilla in week one than they are. Well, when you're the team with the more talent, teams are more vanilla in week one than any other time of the year because you don't have the same scouting um, depth of comparison you know, prior to your game. So there's a lot to consider. And I would just tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. You want to make those comparisons. People want to do that. But, Pat, if anybody wants to take the pass game at any point last year and compare it to what you saw Saturday from Tommy Stevens, I'm telling you from an experienced eye, there is no comparison. Do I need to say it again? Y'all take that and run with it. I don't post on message boards. I don't read them. I got away from them years ago because it's the most – it's the trashiest, most negative place you'll ever see, most of them. So, but if that's where you're getting it or if you're getting it off Twitter or anywhere else, take it and run with it. Tell them I said if you're interested. Anybody want to compare the passing game at any point last year with what you saw Saturday from Tommy Stevens, there is no comparison. And I can draw it up and show you how and why. And we can do that or you can just trust me. Either way is fine with me. All right. Um, let's see here on the text line. Bulldog Blitz, you address the question on Spencer. I had to turn down, had to turn the radio down for a bit. The question on Spencer. Marquis Spencer, how bad is Marquis hurt? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was addressed yesterday just by saying he was day to day. And again, that was in yesterday's press conference with Joe Moorhead. And, okay, and, and Bulldog Blitz, what I would tell you is 
from my standpoint, in the early part of the year, where you have how many weeks? You got two more weeks before you play a conference opponent. If you come out of a game and somebody says he's day to day, I'm okay with that. There are a lot of people that are day to day throughout the year. Now, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but guys get banged up. Where I start getting concerned is if there's a guy on my team who's out indefinitely or has that ACL and we know he's out. If you tell me a guy's day-to-day, it means there's a sprain somewhere and he may or may not be able to play. But that's just any team. So as long as – like yesterday, Bulldog Blitz, they said Marquis Spencer was day-to-day. Okay. That means at some point he'll be back on the field. Hopefully it's real soon. Hopefully. All right. um, If you're listening or watching on Facebook, however you uh, tune into the show, if you And Facebook, I'm going to come to some of your comments in just a bit. But hang with me right here. Today we are accessing the same Divinity Equipment phone line as we always do. But we there was um, a technical issue, a, a power issue earlier today before the show began. Um, and so there's a delay. So I'm about to take a phone call, and there's a delay. It sounds like we're doing one of these national news correspondent deals, like talking to somebody in Tel Aviv. <laughs> I think we've got it fixed. Okay. Let's see if we got it fixed. Remember all those buttons I said in lights yeah. that were in the wrong? Yeah, well, I saw another one that was in the wrong place. So. All right. So here we go. Divinity Equipment Phone. John listening in Jackson. What's up, John? Hey, man. I'll be uh, quick. I have a comment about that quarterback. All right. The offensive line. They're, 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 kind of, they're the kind of uh, – he was the quarterback was kind of an athlete that can really run you to pieces. And that was a good offensive line. Uh, secondly, my comment about defensive tackles. When you're a freshman, you've had limited contact at the college level. Uh, and you go back after the game, and the coach is like, that's why I tell you to do what I've been telling you to do. And my thirdly is a question. Do you know when it's going to be 100 degrees Saturday, do you know who our backup linebackers are in case they need a rest? Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Good call, John. And attaboy, Roger, it's working. <laughs> so the Divinity Equipment phone is greased. Give me an hour and a half and I'll get it fixed. <laughs> hey, man, better late than never. It ain't like that was the only thing you had to figure out in that amount of time also. So, no, we certainly understand. Um, yeah, John, look, it's just, there's, there's no amount of practice that can completely and utterly emulate a ball game at that level. And you did. You had two freshmen starting defensive tackles who, again, they're going to be very good. And one of them especially. Now, you know, Lovett is probably 1A at that position. But Jaden Crumedy, he's you want him getting off the bus first, okay? He's that kind of guy. And he looks apart. The they're 54 and 84 in your program. But, yeah, to stick them out there and let them go through it first. You know, you got veterans out there on that offensive line for them and, 23, 24, and you're lining up your 18, your 19, and it's the first time you're going to go through it for four quarters, and the game's different. And they'll, they figured it out. I saw both of them getting penetration and making a few plays in the third quarter that they didn't make in the first quarter. So now they just have to do it for four quarters. Um, I'm trying to think. who was Oh, backup linebackers. Well, one is – uh, Tim Washington, who is a senior. Tim's been around forever. Long athlete from Yazoo City. 
he used to wear number 50. Saturday, he was wearing number 41, and he played a good bit. Okay, so they put him on the field a good bit. Um, Willie Gay was out, you know, rumored to be one of the suspended, but, you know, the official is out for um, violation of team rules, he and several others. And it is confusing because, like, you know, for instance, the kicker um, was out for violation of team rules. But nobody has ever at any point rumored him to be one like a suspended guy for academic stuff. But if you look back, there was a time when he had an off-the-field issue. I want to say it was maybe a DUI or something. I'd have to go and look that up. But So there were several. There were several guys that actually, they're all team rules. You know, that's why they didn't play. And from an official standpoint, they'll never say, well, this one was this and this one was that. It just won't happen. So... Um, so Tim Washington was one of the backups. Um, one guy they're excited about. I don't know how much he was in the game Saturday, but one guy that they're very excited about at linebacker is um, Nathaniel Watson. He's a kid from Alabama. Big, tall, thick, uh, athlete. And then another kid they're really excited about who did play a good bit, who had a great spring, but he's just young, is uh, Brule. I think he wears number 18. I think Watson wears 14 and Brulee wears 18. Again, they're big, good athletes. They're just young. You know, they're brand new players playing in their first games as a as a state guy. So some of them. Tim's the only upperclassman backup at linebacker. Good stuff. Facebook. I'll come back get some of your comments. Thanks for tuning in today here in the Farm Bureau Studio. Got a ways to go, so stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back. On the show, baby. What up? Hope you enjoyed your Labor Day holiday. We enjoyed it around here. and We're back with you on a Reaction Tuesday. No guests in today's show. The only guests have been those of you who've called me on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. 995-1059, baby. There it is. 995-1059. Hit me up on the Divinity phone. That'll get you in. It's a 601 number. Uh, you may also text the show. That's a good way to communicate. It is 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Again, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Around the SEC we go. Yay, Alabama. The Alabama Crimson Tides whipped up on the Duke Blue Devils. 42-3. to three. That was a Wyatt's winner back on Friday. Guess what? Ring-a-ding-a-ding. We got it. Uh, Wyatt's winners. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa was 26 of 31, 336 yards and four touchdowns. That's a guy who cannot do enough for anybody. He could go out there and throw for 500 yards and five TDs, but if he misses one throw in the end zone, they say he had a bad game. It's ridiculous. 
Jerry Judy, the receiver for Alabama, 10 receptions, 137 yards, and one score. So, um, Alabama, a winner. Uh, Georgia beat up on Vanderbilt. There was no dynamite for Vandy. Those of you who know the fight song, get it. Georgia rolls 30-6. to It was never a contest. It was 14 to nothing after the first quarter. Jake Fromm, ho-hum. He just, like, went out there and, like, had a sandwich. 15 of 23, 156 yards and a touchdown, and then sit on down. That's what he did. So they're 1-0. LSU was outstanding. Hold that tiger. I don't know that they could have been better. They were playing Georgia Southern, a team that won 10 games last year. LSU destroyed them 55-3. to LSU put up 21 in the first quarter and 21 in the second. It was 42-3 to at halftime. Hold that tiger, baby. Woo. Joe Burrow was outstanding. Did y'all see his stats? 23 of 27, 278 yards and five touchdowns. The red zone from the 20-yard line in is supposed to be the hardest place on the field to throw the ball because the defense has the advantage of the back line of the end zone. It means the, sh- the field is shorter. The defense doesn't have to worry about a deep throw behind their head. There is nowhere to throw it. So they scoot up. The tightage get, uh, Sorry, the coverage gets tighter. <laughs> the tightage gets coverager. The coverage gets tighter. Everything <laughs> happens down in the red zone. <laughs> but it's supposed to be harder to throw the ball there. Well, Joe Burrow... Went five for five with five touchdowns in the red zone. It just doesn't get any better than that. They looked really, really good. They looked really, really good. I'm just putting the word out there. Uh, Auburn won. That's the Auburn version of Tiger Rags. See, I told y'all it was better than LSU's version. I mean, don't at me. I'm just being honest. It is what it is. It's better. It's really a good version of it. So Auburn won 27-21 with 14 fourth-quarter points, and they came from behind. And um, You know, it is what it is. And since I want to make sure I give credit to the kid that deserves the credit, Seth Williams, the receiver for Auburn, pulled his team out. It was a bad decision on that last throw by Pat Nick's son, Bo Nix. But Seth Williams went and got it. An incredible individual play by him. Kentucky beat Toledo 38-24. It was not easy. It was tied 14-14 at halftime. And it was 24-17 at the end of three quarters. So pretty good ball game. Of course, I just can't figure out Ole Miss, how you could possibly be that bad on offense. Their defense was doggone good. That defense for Ole Miss held Memphis to 15 points. Memphis is going to score a lot of points on a lot of people this year, okay? That was a much improved Ole Miss defense. But how in the world? They came away with a grand total of 173 yards of offense. They had 42 yards of total offense in the first half. I can't figure out 
from last year to this, I mean, and the only thing's different is Rich Rodriguez took over the offense. They were awful on offense. Memphis is not a great defense, y'all. North Carolina came from behind, beat South Carolina 24-20. And then the whole Georgia State beating Tennessee and Arkansas having a hard time with Portland State. Those two teams are awful. Missouri lost to Wyoming, and at this point it is clear, and I told you all this if you listen to this show, Tommy Stevens is hands down the best transfer quarterback in the SEC. Tommy Stevens is hands down the best transfer quarterback in the SEC. It is not Kelly Bryant at Missouri. It is Tommy Stevens at State. All right, Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Oliver listening in Jackson. Hey, Oliver, what's up? Did you have a good holiday? Yeah, I did. I did. How about you? It was okay. Okay, good. Uh, what do you think? Uh, that you, the uh, come on. Uh, what do you think needs to happen between Ole Miss and State this year to see improvement and for Matt Luke to keep his job? Apparently, and then how do you, how bad do you think uh, Malzahn's got to be? I mean, how many games does he have to lose in order to to, to lose that job? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. You know, for a lot of these guys, it's which games. You know what I'm saying? Um, for for Malzahn at Auburn, and they've now beaten Oregon, who was ranked 11th in the preseason. We assume Oregon's good. Let's see what they do. But, you know, you look at some of the other games on the schedule, right now State is not ranked. But Auburn's going to host Mississippi State at the end of the month on the 28th. What if State goes in there and beats Auburn? You know, what if what if Auburn reels off a bunch of wins and, you know, loses a game in there they're not supposed to, like against Florida? You know, let's see what Florida's ranked at that time. They have a really tough schedule is the other thing, too. I, I, I have a feeling that the people in charge at Auburn know that it's a murderer's row schedule. But, you know, so for him, I think starting off with this win over Oregon was really, really important for Gus Malzahn if he wants to stick around at Auburn. I mean, I think it was a almost a must for them. And, you know, for – say again? I thought he was would be on the hot seat if he lost that game. Yeah. If he lost a couple others too. Yeah, because they were waiting for it, I think, almost. And the thing about Matt Luke, um, it's just a – it's just a bad situation. You know, they are, they've been handcuffed for years. They're still handcuffed with the sanction stuff. And then you run, you, you know, you hire two good coordinators and then go out there and scratch for 10 points against Memphis. Um, losing that game against Memphis was, is really tough for him, you know, long term. The thing is, though, Oliver, like how it's so hard to predict anything with the Ole Miss situation because they not only don't have a permanent athletics director. They don't have a chancellor. They got to get a chancellor, then get an AD before any of them can figure out what if even if they want to do anything with football. There's nobody to fire him basically. So it's hard to predict. Thanks Oliver for the call. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. Somebody you can deal with one-on-one. You have that fender bender on Saturday night at midnight. You pick up the phone and call him. And my man, Adam Watson, with Farm Bureau in West Point, my agent, will answer the phone. And Adam will come see me. (laughs) Adam, that's what I assume. (laughs) I know you're watching. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. If your phone is a little banged up, a little rough around the edges, take it on into C Spire. They can fix it for you while you wait most times. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. In fact, they've been doing it better, longer than anyone at Divinity. Gator Man, hanging on the phone, has been there forever. What's up, Gator Man? I haven't been holding that long. boy. Um, I must say about Farm Bureau, they're one of my customers. Yeah, I can't think of a, a bunch of uh, nicer people around than those folks over there. They are definitely, like you said, the home team. No doubt about it. I have said, um, and, and I stand by this, and I'm not just saying it because they are you know, a partner, but somebody at Farm Bureau Insurance has done a great, job hiring people around the state because i've been to a lot of the offices and met them and man it's just a great group of people you know so all right so what you got for me gator man um i was going to i mean you know you you already know about the uh i co-signed with you on the 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 bo nicks thing i mean if that safety plays the ball the game's over instead of playing the receiver right and uh his the quarterback you know be criticized but that's the way we are as fans. It's the same thing that happened to UF. You know, out of the, all the top ten teams, we probably beat the, the best opponent out of all of them except for Oregon and Auburn, and we got trashed for an entire week until this weekend, and now people can't say a whole lot uh, about it because there was a lot of people that didn't look good. That's but, right. Uh, That's one right. in particular that I enjoyed not looking good was uh, the fighting Willie Taggart. Yeah. And I was going to ask. Hey, hey, hang on a second, Gator he, Man. How many points were they up by at one point in that game? Uh, I think it was uh, uh, like thirty-one to. Um, 10 or something That's like what I'm that. Th- I was thinking they like, had a three-score lead at some point and then yeah. and then lost it. They hey, and listen. scored no points in the second half. Yeah, yeah, just got shut down. Hey, and Gator Man, I'm not rushing yeah, you at all. Yeah, by a true freshman all. quarterback. Hey, listen, I'm not rushing you at all, though, either, but I got a couple other calls hanging on, so um, I'm going to hand it back but to he, you. Hydration. He, he bl- Willie blames it on hydration. Well, just, you know. A team from Idaho, a team from Idaho <laughs> had no problem. But the team from Florida had a hydration problem. Well, maybe what is wrong with that? Picture? Well, maybe at Florida State they don't like Gatorade for obvious reasons. Gator man. Yeah, well they can use Powerade. You know they don't have to use the Icon. <laughs> That's named after the Icon. <laughs> okay, you're right. Okay, point taken. Or water. They can just drink water. Hi, right, brother. Have a good one. Go yeah, Gators. Man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Go Gators to you too. 
Is it Terrell or Terrell? On the it's uh, Terrell. Okay, Terrell, what's up, man? Hey, man, how you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for calling. Good. Uh, I just have a, a few things for you. Well, maybe a couple things. Okay. Uh, one is I watched the Mississippi State game against uh, Louisiana. I enjoyed the game and uh, <clears throat> and everything. And uh, do you think that Coach Moorhead feel a certain way about his QB situation and that's why uh, he asked KT to come back? You know, it's I don't think what what you're kind of hinting at. I, I my answer to that would be no. In terms, I think he okay. actually feels really good about Tommy. But you're bringing up a subject that is really interesting and curious, Terrell. Because think about this: Have we ever seen before at a Power Five? When I say before, I mean let's just say okay. Have we seen since we've had this transfer portal? Is this the first time? where a guy in the preseason announced that he's transferring, went into the transfer portal, and then came right back onto the roster and didn't leave. I can't remember that happening. It's unusual, you know, and what you're pointing at is like, see, I mean, I said this from the get-go, Terrell. What's best for Mississippi State's obvious. They need Keaton on the team. They need him there, period. That's what's best for State. Ultimately, I'm like, is that what's best for Keaton? What's best for him because he's got two years of eligibility left is to get on the field. And for him, he's holding a red shirt. So I thought for sure he's going to go somewhere, red shirt as he sits out a year, and then have two more years left. So from the word go, they've been asking Keaton to come back because they need him on the team. You need all the good depth you can have on a team. I don't think it has – I think they named Tommy a starter for a reason. I'm just saying – Am I crazy that it's curious to me? I'm really surprised that Keaton's coming back. I'm very surprised by that. Uh, yes, I am too. And you're right. That is unheard of yeah. for someone to enter the portal and then come back to the team yeah. uh, with the same situation that he would have elsewhere. Yeah. But I also do, I also have to take into consideration that game time is different from practice. Yeah. So maybe something showed up in the game. Well, but see, the thing about that is, Terrell, that's what I was saying about that is, and I get the point that you're asking, but but the what I'm saying is they've been meeting with and, and, and talking to Keaton about trying to get him to stay long before the game ever happened. You know what I'm saying? Like the day that he, okay. the day that he told them he was going into the portal, they had a meeting, and and it's my understanding. Moorhead was like, "Man, we need you. This is not a situation where you're going to, you know, sit on the bench all year. We're going to play you." And even yesterday, Joe Moorhead said in his press conference, Terrell, that he met. This is quoting him. He met with Keaton four or five times last week, and that would have been prior to the game about. You know, exploring his options, what they were, and Keaton has ultimately decided to come back. So, you know, it really okay. is an unusual well, thing. Well, on that same note, do you feel confident that Keaton will get some playing time yes. this year? Yes. Yeah. See, <laughs> again, it's so unusual, Terrell. It's like a normal situation. Keaton, there's no doubt that he plays. 
even before he announced that he was oh. going to transfer, I was, you know, based on things I've seen and and know, like, they're going to play him, not only at quarterback. Okay. I mean, they threw it. They tried okay. to throw, they tried to line him up at receiver and tried to throw him a touchdown pass in the bowl game last year. They like the fact that he's six four. He can absolutely fly and is a great athlete. You know, and guys like that, you got to get them on the field. And keep in mind, Terrell, when Joe Moorhead was at Penn State in 2016, so we're talking three years mm-hmm. ago. They had a preseason quarterback right. battle between Tommy Stevens and Trace McSorley. McSorley won the job, and right away they started playing Tommy Stevens at receiver, at at quarterback on the goal line. They handed him the ball. They put him on the field and did all kinds of stuff. Why? Because he was six foot five and could really run. And I, okay. I, I, I'm not saying this because Joe Moorhead has told me this, but I feel like. They want to do that same type of thing with Keaton. And I would not be surprised at all okay. if we see it. Uh, one more thing, Matt. Okay. If, I, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, one more thing. I'm going to hang up and uh, I'm going to listen to it on the radio. Okay. But I, with the Auburn and Oregon game, mm-hmm. now I was a little nervous with Bo Nix in the first half. He really played like a fresh. But the second half, to me, I think he played like a senior. I think he really played an awesome game. Yeah. And uh, with the comeback to beat Orr. Well, 14 uh, points. Yeah, thank you, Terrell. Call me anytime. We have to give Bo Nix credit where he deserves it. Um, I'm not looking at the splits. I'm sure I could pull this up. Do I have time? Maybe not. I'll have to pull it up for tomorrow. I can get splits on his quarter by quarter and QB progression. Let me – well, I'll make the note. Because I think you all would find that interesting tomorrow. He finished the game 13 of 31. Everybody watching this on Periscope right now is going to see that I'm just punching it in uh, my iPhone from C Spire to get that percentage. That's 42% completion. I can't do it in my head. 13 of 31. So he's 42%, 177 yards through two interceptions, right? Both interceptions were in the first half. But... Look, I think he did get better as the game went on. He's a true freshman starting. He wasn't supposed to go out there and be Cam Newton in his first game. And he got a little better. And you can tell they like him. They believe in him. And he did some great stuff. A third down conversion, a fourth down conversion late. They scored 14 fourth quarter points against a good top 15 team in Oregon. You have to give him credit. But the fact is, that was a win where his defense... And his teammates overcame him at times to win that game. It's not a knock against him. It's just a fact. I've been in those shoes. I know what it feels like. And that's what happened in that game. That receiver made an unbelievable play to win the game. That wraps it up. Let's do it again tomorrow in the Farm Bureau studio. See you all then. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.